Welcome to the Band Library Podcast. You can find us at bandlibrary.com, Twitter at bandlibrary, and wherever else librarians congregate. Get together, talk about books and movies and shit. You know, librarian stuff. My name is S.D. Harker, librarian and writer. You can find me at Twitter at bandwriter. If you want to help out the library, become a friend of the library over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash bandlibrary. Got about probably 400 episodes. The podcast. Going back years upon years when I was a young little librarian. Learning to read books. Cats and shit. I don't know. Today we got a weird one. It's been an interesting couple weeks of the library. I've been a little sick under the weather for a little bit of it. Had some visitors come into town, set me back a little bit longer. But overall, had a good time. Are those two things related? We'll never know. Except, what if they are? What if my visitors who came from out of town brought with them small jars? And when I introduced them to my library and said, look at my land and be afraid. What if they started opening up those jars and just spreading things around while my back was turned? When I said, look at our reference desk, they said, hmm, that's neat. And then sprayed shit all over the biographies. Been a couple other people sick. Maybe that's what's going down. Maybe everybody's trying to kill everybody. Coughing and sneezing. Passing germs left and right as if We've never heard of these things. We've all heard of germs, people. Sorry, I didn't mean to get so excited. Germs are just a weird thing. Put me down. To the point where I looked at the bus. Have you ever done that? Thinking, I could go to work today. And then you step outside and you look at the bus and think, Would I be captured on top of that bus. It is a luxury to be able to say, I'm not going to go to work today because I think I might shit myself on the bus. Some people don't have that luxury. In my life, I've not had that luxury from time to time. Had to go to a dead-end job where if I didn't show up, bad things would happen. Mostly to me. Other people, not so much. It's just a promise. Show up or bad things will happen. Actually, that sounds like someone's legs got broken. Mostly I got fined. If I didn't show up. So that's a thing that happens. It's a thing that happens. Anyway, today we're talking about another gross thing. And I'm going to give you... I don't usually do spoiler warnings. I don't usually do trigger warnings. I don't usually do any kind of... Hey, you know, the title of the thing we're working on is right there. But in case you're like me, sometimes you just queue up a bunch of podcasts and you don't really pay attention to what's coming next. And then the next one comes and you're like, holy shit. Wish somebody would give me a heads up. Happens that way sometimes with those true crime. Everybody's all happy until the blood starts painting the walls. Well, number one, I'm going to tell you, I don't know how to pronounce this author's name. Could I have looked it up? Sure. Did I? Not in a little bit. 
Not even a little. It's Chuck Palinuk. Best I'm going to pronounce that all day long. From here on out, he'll be the guy who wrote Fight Club. So, amazing author. He's really good. But today we're going to be covering Guts. His short story came out in Playboy in 2004. And it's published on his website. You can go read it right now. It's available to be read. I'm going to give you a heads up right now. This is going to cover some really gross body horror. Some really nasty stuff. This, I read this story while sitting in a bar, having a few beers, having a burger. And about halfway through, I put down my fries and said, Miss, I'm going to need a whiskey. Because this shit goes some interesting places. And the balls on this man, Mr. Palinuk, I'm going to keep pronouncing it different ways, to... Title this story Guts, because that's really what it is, and it's, oh, well, just a heads up on if you can, depending on how much you can handle. Well, let's talk about the author himself, since we can't pronounce his name. He was born in 1962 in Pasco, Washington. Grew up near Burbank. He lived with his maternal grandparents at a cattle ranch in eastern Washington after his parents split up. He went to the University of Oregon for journalism, graduated in 1986, and wrote for a local Portland, Oregon newspaper. He worked as a diesel mechanic as well, or writing, and he tried to publish his book, Invisible Monsters, but the publisher found it too disturbing. So he decided, oh, you want to think what's disturbing? So he wrote Fight Club, and that really scared the shit out of him, but it also got published. It wasn't Several awards. Three editions were released after the movie came out. Big movie starred Edward Norton and Brad Pitt. The story itself is continued in comics. If you need more Fight Club in your life, it's out there. Guts was published in a book, a collection of short stories called Haunted. And he read it during his 2003 tour for his book Diary. It was published in 2004 in March Playboy magazine. A reported 40 people fainted from holding their breath because at the beginning of the story it says hold your breath. From what I can tell, it's not from the content, it's just from holding your breath. He read it again on Stranger Than Fiction on that tour. 53 fainters totaled and then 60 on another tour. By 2005, he was up to 67 people fainting. In 2007, he stopped, decided not to anymore, because someone fell and hit their head. And as a last edition of Haunted, when he went out and did this story, 73 people had fainted total. He's proud of this fact, and he should be. I mean, how many people can say, I've made 73 people faint, simply with my words? He's a member of the Cacophony Society, the basis for Project Mayhem and Fight Club books. He came out as gay after Entertainment Weekly interview. He outed himself on his website because he didn't want to have, you know, just some publication put him out. There's probably deeper meanings in there, but, you know, good for him for being who he is. Currently, he lives with his partner around Vancouver, Washington, in that area. And that's Mr. Chuck Polinuk. So we're going to get into the story now. This may be a 
shorter than normal episode, we don't know, but the narrator of this little story, and we never get a name, he tells us at the very beginning to hold our breath. He talks about how his friend really wanted to stick something up his ass. His own ass. His friend wanted to stick something up his own ass. So he got this carrot, went to the store, but then figured it'd be a little weird. You know, just buying a carrot and some lube, like you do. So he just bought the fixings for an entire carrot cake. How a kid knows how to make carrot cake? Who knows? Maybe he looked it up on his phone. But he gets home and he takes out his whittling knife, you know, like you do. Probably his grandpa gave it to him and he shapes that carrot down into a nice little roundish form and he he just jams it up his ass. Just jams it right up there. But while he's jamming it up there, you know, covered in lube, which begs the even more question, if you buy all the fixings for a carrot cake and lube, what does that say? Just a carrot and some lube. Yeah, people are going to get ideas. A whole carrot cake and some lube, you're planning for a weekend. But anyway, after he sticks that carrot up his ass, he's called away to dinner. And it's it's just kind of a dirty mess. You know, there's shit and lube all over this carrot, but he hides it away under his dirty clothes, and he goes away, and he comes back after dinner. Maybe after he's watched some TV. Maybe just the ten of us was on TV. Who knows what television shows happen. And the clothes and the carrot are gone. Just vanished. He sat there, waiting to be confronted about this shitty carrot in his room. It's obviously been shaped to, you know, fit an ass. Nobody says anything. And our narrator basically says that's what this story is pretty much all about. Those weird, dirty things that you don't really talk about in your families. Things happen. You do things to one another. You do things to yourself. You do things that get found out. But everybody's just like, we're going to put a pin in that one until never. We're just going to sit back and do nothing. Calls it the spirit of the stairway. That's the next little topic of discussion. It's a French exploration of that. Basically, what you should have said in the moment, the spirit of the stairway. Somebody says something to you. Hey, buddy, you can go fuck yourself. And then you, you turn around and walk away. And then while you're on the stairs going down, you think, I should have told that man to go fuck himself. Spirit on the stairway comes when you least like it. The opposite of what that means, though, is this this carrot, this feeling of hiding something from a family, unsaid things. It's parents that find their child masturbating with a noose around their neck or a belt and choke themselves and die. Parents that take the noose or the belt around the neck pull the kid's pants up, and call the police. It's those little things that you don't say, that you do after the fact, or that you wish you'd done after the fact. All families have these little secrets. Some are bigger than others, and the ones in this story are goddamn huge. The carrot being one of them. What would you do if you found that in your child's room? Shit-covered carrot. 
You're just going to throw that one away and let life work out for itself. It's here at this point. We find that the narrator might be a little racist. See, he's got this other friend who has a older brother that's teaching them about the world. He says he's, he's off in camel country. I don't know if that's racist or not. Feels a little racist, feels a little wrong, but it's a nice little character building, I guess. And his brother's out there. I guess he's in the military or something. And he's going around and he's sending back all these weird things that he's finding out as he's in different countries and he finds out about this rod. It's got a little tip on the end, like a little bulb, almost like a knitting needle, like a long, very thin rod. What he learns is that while you're masturbating, you get your penis hard and you take that long, thin rod and you insert it into the tip of your penis and you just put it all the way down there until that little bulbous bit, and then you masturbate, and it's supposed to feel better. At this point, I'm squirming even in my seat at this moment. Because if you can't talk about some things, well, why not? But apparently his friend took his brother's heart, uh, advice to heart, and while he's sitting there one day, he notices the wax on this candle, why he has a candle with wax, who knows? Maybe he's just some goth kid who likes to, I used to like to, Sit in my room with candles, who knows? But his friend inserts wax. He makes this long rod of wax, but he fits gets the little bit at the end that's supposed to keep it from going all the way. Hell, that must have been an interesting day. The guy with the metal sticking into his penis. But he makes this long rod out of wax, and he puts it in his penis. This is all coming from a call from the hospital, by the way. The wax went in fine, and it felt great as he was masturbating, but then, like that kid before with the carrot, he got called away for dinner. And he goes to pull it out, but he can't. It goes in. Ew. But he thinks it's wax. Temperature of my body will warm it up. I'll just pee it out, you know, like you do. So he goes down to dinner, and he's eating, and he's having a good time with his family. Hey, what'd you do today? Didn't stick wax in my penis. That's not what I did. And then... As time goes on, things start feeling a little bad. He starts feeling really rough. Oh, something, I'm, I'm sick, I'm bad. And he goes to the hospital and he fesses up, tells him what he did. Because there's particulates in his bladder. Apparently, the wax went down into his bladder, got stuck in there, started collecting crystals and bacteria and got infected. He had to go in and take all that shit out and cost the kid his college fund. Just because he liked to stick wax in his dick. You imagine that. Ugh. Whole college fund on that one little surgery because you wanted a little bit more excitement from your masturbation. And the narrator says, well, a similar thing happened to me. And this is where we get into... It's hard for me to say the meat of the story, but that's what this is. And I'm going to try not to rush through it, but... You know, it is what it is. See, he liked to go pearl diving, he called it. Had a pool out back, our narrator did. Which is basically, he'd sit on the bottom of the pool and he'd jerk off and then he'd dive down and collect the sperm. And that's where the hold your breath at the beginning of this tale starts. Just think of how long you can hold your breath. We won't do that here, but just think about that. 
and he thinks about the reason he goes and cleans up the sperm is because he has his mom and has a sister and they could be swimming around and get pregnant. Wouldn't that be fucked up? They could have, quote, a two-headed retard baby, unquote. Showing their narrator's sensitivity to the subject of possibly inseminating his sister and mother, which I'm not even sure is a thing, but anyway. But he goes on to tell us, quote, in the end, it's never what you worry about that gets you, unquote. See, what he really likes to do when he sits at the bottom of the pool is he likes to put his butt up against the, the intake valve because it feels good. You know, have your butt sucked on? Sure. Eating ass, I believe is what they call it. And he really enjoys it, sitting down there, holding his breath, jerking off, coming back up for air, going back down, doing it again. Tension in this scene when you start thinking about, oh, the title of this story is Guts. And things have gone wrong for everyone who's tried to masturbate so far. And this is a guy telling us his story. Because when he comes back up one time, he feels sort of weird tugging. Like a, quote, a dump that never ends, unquote. Like this, he's just feeling like he's going to the bathroom, but he's not. As he's trying to swim up, but he can't, and all of a sudden he's stuck underneath the water, and he can't seem to get up, and he looks back down into the water towards the intake valve, and connecting him to the intake valve is a, well, some kind of a snake from his ass to the pump. And he's sitting there trying to, Suss out what's going on, because remember, he's drowning. He's been just masturbating down there. He's at a loss for air. So he grabs this snake, and he starts feeling it, and it's slippery. It keeps getting out of his grip a little bit. But inside of it, he can see corn and peanuts. I know. If you want to quit listening right now, I get it. We're not halfway through this. But he keeps going through, and then he finally realizes when he looks down, and his dad makes him take these vitamins, these big horse pills sort of looking things. And he sees that goddamn vitamin in there and realizes these are his own intestines. The technical term is a prolapsed anus. I looked it up. Why not? Apparently, you can't have your guts sucked out of you. I didn't go far in my research for this. I did not care. But that vitamin that he looks at makes him understand that his intestines are now hanging out the bottom of his bottom, getting sucked into a pool drain. And he's only got a couple idea, because he tries to swim up. He tries to get free. Tries to get his shorts on, because, God forbid, my folks see my dick. Unquote. Because, you know, everything once in a while, you get embarrassed. But his decision, he can't get to the top, because his intestines are holding him down. Which is kind of silly, because there's like miles of intestines in there. But anyway, maybe not the lower... I don't really know anatomy enough. But his decision comes to tear his intestine. To free himself. To let himself... To either free yourself or let yourself drown. What would you choose? So he chooses to free himself. He grabs his... Grabs his fucking... Ropey... Intestines. He tries to tear it apart and they won't tear. And he thinks about a Russian phrase, teeth in his asshole. Wishes he had teeth in his asshole, and he thinks, oh wait, I do have teeth. So he bites into his own intestine. 
tears it apart and swims to the top, screaming his fucking head off, I assume. And he finally gets out there. This is where I'm going to stop. Goes to the hospital. This is where he loses his own college inheritance, his own college fund. And he has to watch everything that he eats. Because he can't digest much with only six inches of intestine left. Which I don't even know how that would be possible because you'd have to swim down at least a couple feet. You know, to be able to chew through. That's a thought. Yeah, he only has about six inches of his intestine left so his digestive system doesn't work very well. And there's the funny fucking part where the family hired a pool cleaner, right? And the dad, not wanting to tell what happened, you know, that that stairway. What was that called again? Spirit of the stairway. The thing you don't talk about, the carrot. Dad won't say, well, my son was at the bottom masturbating and got his intestines stuck in there. So that might be what's in the pool filter. You know, you can't really say that. But he told him, yeah, the dog got caught in the pool filter. Uh, it was nasty. He'd go down. He couldn't leave it alone. Quote, that dog was fucking nuts. Unquote. Still my favorite part of this whole book. Is the dad talking about the pool cleaning at the end. That was, that was, that was masterful. It was really good. But they're stuck with him. They're stuck with that son who got his asshole ripped out. By the family pool. They're stuck with the pool. Still there. And then he clinches in at the end. They're stuck with them. They even moved. They moved to a new house. They start over. But then nobody could ever forget it. Just like that carrot. Just unspoken. Boy with six inches of intestine. Even after his sister got the abortion. Which. Uh, it's just a weird little punch at the end there. The fact that his sister did get an abortion, that it's alluded to, that it's because of his swimming. When did his sister get impregnated? Was that when it was swimming around in the pool? Was she swimming around in that pool after all this intestine stuff happened? Because if you told me someone's intestine got ripped out in the pool, I would not go in that pool. It seemed like a cursed pool. That's the pool that eats people. I'm not going into that pool. But yeah, there's a little a weird little dig at the end. Now, of course, we are only talking about this because it's banned, and I did find one instance of this being banned in New York in 2009. A teacher at the Bronx School of Law and Finance in Marble Hill, he was suspended after he handed out the story to students. They were studying for the English Regents exam. He collected the story at the end of class, but of course, like they did, the students talked to their parents, and the parents said, yeah, my kid shouldn't be reading this nonsense. So he was suspended by school officials. Didn't get fired as far as I know, and he's well-liked as a teacher. And that's about where this episode's going to end, because I don't know if I can talk about this anymore, but... Yeah, that's it. I can definitely see why a teacher would get suspended. This is an adult story, with adult things in it, that, of course, yeah, some kids would enjoy listening to, but for the most part, it's a little gross. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's masterfully told. It's really well done. All the build-up with all the different, you know, masturbating caught things, and then the actual tension of the story when you realize what's going to happen. And him just waiting before he actually tells what happens. And then not even letting the kid know what's happening until he sees that vitamin. And then the dog being fucking nuts at the end, the sister abortion thing. 
all fucking insane. This book is, this story is wild. And you can read it in like an afternoon. It's on the website. You can read it in like half an hour, maybe. Less than that, probably. So I recommend you read it if you can stomach it. Because it's, it's a, whew, this is a difficult one. But I enjoyed it, so I can't say much else. That's about where this episode's going to end. Thank you for listening. Stay in. Read a book. Or a short story. Or watch a movie. Do whatever you got to do. Get through these days. Music, Dances and Dames, by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.